The programming on Relevant Radio is brought to you in part by the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, offering undergraduate degrees along with scholarships for freshmen. More info at cubthemary.com. What do you want? I want to tell you that the war is going to end soon and the soldiers will return to their homes. Do not fear. In the end, God will triumph. You said you'd tell us who you are. I am the Lady of the Rosary. Your life, your faith, connected. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, that was the uh, beautiful title that Our Lady came under when she appeared to the seers in Fatima. And I know we spoke a little bit about it yesterday, but today's a great day. Today is the anniversary of those great apparitions. There's another anniversary today. It's 20th anniversary also of the public revelation of the third secret of Fatima. And that has been... Uh, and well, I should say the third part. There really weren't three secrets. There's one secret in three parts. But, you know, that that third secret, if you will, that was a great mystery. It was an elusive mystery. Ever since it was first given to those seers back on July 13, 1918. You know, remember the Spanish flu is beginning to rage, 1918. Here our lady comes, she gives the, the children this the secret. The first two secrets, the first two parts of the secret um, were made known in 1941. And then the Bishop of, of Liaria, uh, of course, made them known. But uh, the Sister Lucia didn't want to tell the third secret. She didn't want to reveal that one because she didn't think that God had authorized her to do that. So a couple of years later, her bishop ordered her to do it. And out of obedience, of course, she wrote the third secret down. And then she sealed it in an envelope. And she said that, you know, this envelope should not be open till 1960. Now, again, this, these visits took back in 1918. This is not going to be revealed to 1960. And people have marveled. What is the third part of the secret? What does it have to do with, you know, why is the church keeping it hidden? Why aren't they revealing it? And every Pope, from the time of those visions, saw that third secret. It stayed sealed for 40 years. After that, though, there were rumors that, you know, Pope John the Twenty Third, Paul the Sixth, Pope John Paul the First, Pope St. John Paul uh, the Great, all read it. But, of course, as you know, it was not revealed until the year 2000. And uh, this is the 20th anniversary of that. So what is the third secret? Does it reveal things that are yet to happen? Are we witnessing those events right now? Why was it so, why was it kept secret for so long? Is it out of date? It has become a source of controversy for some people. Uh, and for others, really an obsession. Uh, some people believe that the full secret was not really re- released, that there's discrepancies in the length of what Sister Lucia wrote and what was ultimately translated and revealed to the world. A uh, lot to talk about here. If you want to join me too, I'm going to open the phones. You can get in at any time. The phone number here is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. I thought on this great feast of the uh, apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima, we'll talk about them too. You, this might all be new to you. It's a fascinating apparition that has so much relevance today. I'm joined by uh, Deacon Bob Ellis. He is a permanent deacon of the Great Diocese of Green Bay, but he's also the National Coordinator 
for the World Apostle of Fatima USA. And he joins us today to answer your questions, of course, uh, fill you in on what I think is such a special moment in time. Deegan, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Drew. It's great to be with you again. Always good to talk with you, Deacon. I'm grateful for it. Let's do this. Before we take calls, before we do anything else, let's go back. May 13th, the first apparitions. We have the anniversary of those famous apparitions, preceded, of course, by the angels, uh, the angel of Portugal coming to the kids. And then, of course, the third secret. But but fill us in. For those who are unfamiliar with Fatima, what happened and what was the message? And maybe explain a little bit about the secrets that Our Lady seems to impart at so many of her apparitions. Well, uh, the first thing I'd like to do is, you know, all the controversy that surrounds this third part of the secret, rather than spending a lot of time addressing the issues that are raised, I would like to suggest to your listeners that they pick up a copy of a book called Fatima for Today, written by Father Andrew Apostoli, in which... Uh, one of the appendixes deals with all of the common objections, you know, that it wasn't fully revealed and what was in it and all of that. He does an excellent job with that. So rather than spend time, you know, fielding these kinds of objections, I think it's much more important that we focus on the secret itself and what it says to us. Don't go right ahead. Yeah, sh- sure, Deacon, go ahead. But okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk about the, for those who don't know about Fatima, just lay a groundwork if you could. Give them kind of the overview, and then we can talk yeah. about what Our Lady revealed secret-wise. Okay, well, the se- the third part, well, the whole secret, actually, was no, Deacon, revealed to the... Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't mean to step in. I was going to your- say, go ahead, Deacon, no, I'll let you talk. Go right ahead. Okay, the the secret was revealed to the children during the July 13, 1917 apparition. And um, it was not conveyed in words by Our Lady, but in the various visions the children saw, it was that July apparition that she showed them the vision of hell. And she spoke to the children, not in words, but by her actions, as when she prevented the fire from the flaming sword of the angel from touching the earth and consuming it. So this is, this is when the secret re- was revealed, and specifically, it was after, right after the vision of hell where she told the children that they had seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go, and so on, and that to save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. And then she says, if what I ask of you is done, the war would come to an end, Russia would be converted, and there would be peace. And then she talked about what would happen in the event that her requests were not honored. Uh, Russia would spread the errors of atheistic communism throughout the world, leading to wars, persecution of the church, the good being martyred, and and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then she said, to prevent this, I will come back. So we could have avoided all of those things. She said she would come back 
to ask for the consecration of Russia and the First Saturday Devotion. So this is the context in which the secret was revealed to the children. But they had been told not to reveal the third part of it. And so this, this created a tremendous conflict for poor Sister Lucia. Our Lady said, don't tell it to anyone. And then, of course, she got sick, seriously ill in 1943. And her bishop became concerned that they would never find out what the secret was unless she wrote it down. And so they ordered her to do that. And she struggled over and over. I Five or six or seven times she attempted to do it. And then finally she was able to do it, and she wrote it down. Uh, and then, of course, Our Lady told her uh, that she should write it down and give it to her bishop, but to write on the envelope not to be opened until 1960. Now, the reason Our Lady wanted her to wait until 1960 at the earliest was because people would not understand until certain events would occur in the world, and those events were World War II and all the persecution of the church and all of that stuff that, that, that followed. So uh, she wrote the secret out, and... You know, the, the first popes that, were, that saw it put it back in the envelope and decided not to reveal it to the world. It wasn't until uh, John Paul the Great uh, in 2000 at the beatification ceremonies for Jacinta and Lucia revealed the actual text of the secret. And then Cardinal Ratzinger wrote a theological interpretation. But Our Lady had specifically told Lucia to write down, to reveal it in words, but not her interpretation of what she thought it might have meant. So Our Lady specifically told her not to write an interpretation of it, but just what she had revealed to them back in July of 1970. Hmm. So what was the third secret? You want to share that, Deacon? Okay, well, I, you know, it's not real long, so I'll just read it for you, if, if okay. that's okay. Sure, no, go right ahead. Okay, Sister Lucia writes, After the two parts which I have already explained, at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand, flashing. It gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire but they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand, pointing to the earth with his right hand. The angel cried out in a loud voice, penance, penance, penance. And we saw in an immense light that is God, something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it, a bishop dressed in white we had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Other bishops, priests, men, and women religious going up a steep mountain, at the top of which there was a big cross of rough-hewn trunks as of a cork tree with the bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city half in ruins and half 
trembling with a halting step, afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. Having reached the top of the mountain, on his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him, and in the same way there died one after another the other bishops, priests, men and women religious, and various lay people of different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross there were two angels, each with a crystal, crystal aspergesorium, that's a holy water sprinkler, in his hand, in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs, and with it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. That's it. And, you know, Sister Lucia was badgered over and over and over again, and people kept saying, there's more to the secret, there's more to the secret. And she repeatedly said, that that's all there is, there ain't no more. So what's so it mean, words. Deacon? What, 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 how, you know, I know Cardinal Ratzinger, uh, Pope Benedict, actually commented on that third secret. John Paul, when he was shot on May 13, 1981, requested two things. One was a third secret of Fatima, and the other was a diary of St. Faustina. What does that say? I know it's written very symbolically. There's a lot of vision there, the Pope being shot with arrows and a whole lot of other imagery there. Uh, has it taken place? Is it yet to come? How do you interpret that? What was the official interpretation of it? Okay, well, Cardinal Ratzinger wrote an extensive theological reflection on it, which it's, uh, we're not going to read that. It will be here all day. <laughs> but people can find that at Vatican.va. All they have to do is go to the Vatican, Vatican website and type in Third Secret. And they, will, they can find his whole theological dissertation on it. But Sister Lucia, uh, Sister Lucia said that it had to do, she thought that it had, it, now this is not when she wrote the secret to the Pope. In subsequent conversations with Cardinal Bertone and others, she said that her feeling was, that it had to do with the dire warnings that Our Lady gave, you know, about Russia spreading the airs of communism, the persecution of the church, and all of that. She felt that that's what it related to. And so mm -hmm. we know we had World War II. We know the church has been persecuted, the good martyred, uh, everything uh, has happened, but is, I believe, right. is also still ongoing. Yeah, so, I would agree with you. I, I, I would agree with that point. I would think yeah, that these so, these visions are just as evergreen. Uh, final thoughts for me, Deacon, because I only have a couple minutes here, but go right ahead. Okay, well, so what that says to us today, that we have to make a choice. Do we want to follow... The, the bishop in white, the pope, mm -hmm. do we want to follow the church? And, you know, our civilization is crumbling right before our eyes in so many ways. And so we're kind of walking through that, <laughs> through what they saw, a city, a large city half in ruins. Well, we have a civilization mm -hmm. half in ruins today. And we have to decide 
whether we're going to follow the Pope up the hill and, and give our lives, or are we going to stay with the cities that remain? That's the choice we have to make. We're, I don't believe we're anywhere near the end of the world and what have you. As a matter of fact, uh, when you talk about the city half in ruins, it's like the glass half full. Mm-hmm. The pessimist sees the glass half full. The optimist sees it half empty. Oh, our civilization can be saved, and we can turn the world back to God by honoring the requests Our Lady made of us at Fatima, which boiled down to making reparation for our own sins and the sins of the world, converting lives back to God. Well, Deacon, that's very well said. And I'm delighted to to have you here. Um, Thank you for that explanation and for sharing with us a little bit about that. Uh, keep up your great work. I know people want more information on this. The best place to go is what world apostle to Fatima. What's what's the blue army.com. What's the web address? Blue army.com. All right. Check it out there. And, and there's, yeah, we've got all kinds of stuff going on there right now. And that's where they can get the book. If they want to look at the, at the objections and so on and so forth. Blue army.com. All right. And that's Deacon Bob Ellis. He's a permanent deacon in the Diocese of Green Bay, also national coordinator for the World Apostle of Fatima. Deacon, thanks for making time. We'll catch up soon. It's about 10 minutes before the top of the hour. i got to take a short pause. When I come back, I'll take your calls, and we will talk more. Stay with me. This is the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Stay with us. The programming on Relevant Radio is brought to you in part by the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, offering undergraduate degrees, along with scholarships for freshmen. More info at cupthemary.com. All the issues, all the topics, one place. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. It is good to be here with you today. There's so much to talk about. There are a couple other theories of the third secret, and if I get a chance, I'll break them down. Some believe that it probably had to do with nuclear conflagration. And the reason I say that, the first two parts of the secret that were given to Sister Lucia uh, in 1917 and were revealed in, in 41 um, dealt with Russia. They dealt with, with, with Russia, how it spread its errors. Of course, we talked about the fires of hell. The third secret had this vision of an angel with a flaming sword. And I, I think of St. Faustina, who just a few years later would have her own vision of an angel of wrath coming to destroy a city. The angel in Fatima had flames coming from this sword, and they were ready to set the world on fire, just like St. Faustina saw that angel of wrath ready to destroy the city. But what do we see in the Fatima message? It was Our Lady who interceded. It was the splendor of Our Lady who radiated light towards this angel of wrath and mitigated, put the... You know, to, to, it mitigated those those uh, that fiery sword, if you will, and the angel cried out to the human race: "Penance, penance, penance!" Same message that they gave to the kids. You know, these kids did harsh penances in Fatima, Portugal. They were they, they did such harsh penances that Our Lady told them not to do that. Once one boy would wear a rope around his waist. They gave up their lunch. They wouldn't drink water. But there's oh, gosh, I would love to break all this down for you. Uh, Sister Lucia had said it was up to the Pope to release the secret 
And it was her opinion it was best to wait to 1960. And the reason she said that was that the third secret would be Mas claro, more clear, be clearer after that. And if you look back, the 60s were a time of great evil. It was a decade in which the threat of nuclear annihilation was driven home by the Cuban Missile Crisis and others. And, and as you go through the centuries, you see what happens. What happens 10 years later in, in Akita, Japan? Um, there are none receives a message from the Blessed Mother as well. She has an angel, just, just like in Fatima, then the Virgin Mary speaks to her. And talks about a great fire that would fall from the sky. It wasn't until 1984 when John Paul consecrated the world to the Immaculate Heart did we see the Iron Curtain collapse. And I really believe this secret, which could have really dealt with something of a global conflagration, a global uh, catastrophe, I believe marrying consecration, the consecration of the world to the Immaculate Heart mitigated that. And we can talk more about it. Let me grab a few calls. I only have a couple minutes here. Uh, Michael is up next. He's listening in Aztec, New Mexico. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you this afternoon? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Uh, It's a beautiful day here in the Four Corners where we're suffering greatly from COVID. But uh, the faithful are are praying hard, uh, especially in the Diocese of Gallup, where the Navajo Nation is suffering greatly from this uh, COVID-19 uh, my only uh, thought on, on Fatima is, uh, and my understanding, and I don't know whether it's ever been done, is the consecration of our Mother Mary to the country of Russia. Without that being done, it's led to great turmoil around the world. Right. Uh, right. And no pope has uh, stepped forward right. to actually make that happen. Right. Well, let me just, let me, we only got a couple of minutes, Michael, so let me just jump in on you. And we could spend an hour and talk about whether or not Russia was officially consecrated or not. Several popes did do consecrations. John Paul II, uh, he entrusted the entire world. Russia, of course, falls in that. And people say, wait, wait our lady specifically asked for Russia. He didn't just say the whole world specifically asked for Russia to be named. Well, no, he didn't name Russia, probably due to the political climate uh, of the day. So uh, was the consecration valid that's a major question right well they asked sister lucio she died at a very old age you know was that accepted by heaven she says it was the consecration was accepted it wasn't done exactly as our lady requested but heaven has accepted it so when it comes to whether or not russia was consecrated and we could talk it really quite a length on this uh, making arguments on both sides uh i gotta go with the sayer I've got to go with the recipient of those messages. I've got to go with the future saint, John Paul II, who I believe had a special union with the Blessed Mother and who had the his flock, and that is the world, um, in, in his best interest. So so much to talk about here with the third secret of, of Fatima. I, Jake, do I have time for more calls? Jake's saying no. No, we are out of time right now. Kathy, my apologies. I'd love to hear your story. She believes her son was actually saved in an accident due to Our Lady of Fatima's intercession. So a uh, lot to talk about. But when I return, Dr. Richard Fitzgibbons is going to be joining me and uh, thought we'd take a little bit about the rise that we're now seeing in fear and isolation and desperation and depression and all the other problems, a spike in alcohol and drug use. And we'll take a look at that. If you're anxious and if you're worried, stay with me. Dr. Fitzgibbons will join me when I return. <laughs> 